Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm here with Tyler Jones, who just got finished watching an exciting Atlanta Braves game. What do you think of the Braves yeah. this season, Tyler? Um, outside of them being super cheap uh, during this <laughs> offseason, you know, it's good to see my boy Dansby uh, doing well and uh, they might be better than I thought they were, I guess. It'll depend on if Dansby and uh, Ozzy Albies are, can continue to hit as well as they have recently. But uh, we'll see. We'll see with them. Uh, I'm still super disappointed they didn't spend money, but that's that's a pod for a different podcast for a different <laughs> network. Yeah. I, I, my uh, personal protest is that if the NBA is going to hide from the NCAA on Final Four Saturday and Final Four Monday, they need to have more day games on Sunday. Because I had like a one-hour window where I kind of eating lunch, not doing much, and I'm like, oh, let's see what's on. And nothing. Heat, Heat Raptors was over. None of the games had started yet. There was literally nothing on TV. I was well, like, let, well, let me it, let me try the Braves. I gave that five minutes, and I was like, no, I, I can't watch baseball. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm not as biggest Braves fan as I used to be, but you know, I, I'll watch them now that there's, you know, with the basketball season winding down, you know, it's something you can put on television while you do some other work. There you go. You know, you watch it in passing. But uh, I guess something uh, is that I'm kind of glad the Heat aren't making the playoffs. <laughs> I really don't like, like they are the most ugh, basketball team that I have to semi regularly watch. Like they they're just not a very appealing basketball team. They don't they don't really have any young guys that are, you know, exciting. So I'm kinda happy that, you know, some new blood, you know, like the Magic get a chance to to see show out what the Magic and the Nets can show out what they can do in the playoffs. Uh so I'm kinda Kind of happy about the Heat not making it. That's fair. I, speaking of teams, I don't like to you, that we don't like to watch. I, I went to undergrad at Notre Dame and grad school at UVA, so I'm pretty happy about the uh, men's and women's finals coming up over the next couple of days. But I have to say, if if one of them's going to win, I hope it's Notre Dame because God, it's awful watching UVA. It's like it's like watching a baseball game where each team gets twelve fielders. It's just it's gross. Yeah, um, college basketball ended for me when Zion 
uh, is no longer playing. So, <laughs> yes, uh, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have anything positive or negative to say about any of these teams. So, uh, good luck, I guess, to your uh, UVA Cavaliers. Though, uh, I guess I think I'd rather watch Texas Tech win it just because of Culver, somebody who I've been kind of watching throughout the season and. Right. Someone I'd be interested in the Hawks and drafting. So yeah, the whole the whole uh, game Saturday changed when he started getting he started getting some big boy buckets inside, and that that just changed the whole flavor of the game for them. Yeah, I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch the game, <laughs> so <laughs> work for it. Right. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the Heat and Orlando. The uh, the Hawks. Laid an egg is too kind because when you lay an egg, something productive comes out of it. Uh, the Hawks absolutely rolled over in Orlando Friday. What did you think of that game? Uh, not much. I don't think they had the personnel. Uh, out, Vucevic is just a bad matchup for Alex Lynn. The combination of Vucevic and Jameer Nelson uh, going at Trey Young and Alex Lynn, that was just a walking D- bucket. DJ like, Augustin? Ho- DJ Augustine? D- yeah, I don't know who I said. DJ Augustine, you're right. <laughs> you um, said Jameer Nelson, like, which honestly, they're not. They're like very Jameer comparable Nelson. players. Not, you know what? It, it, you know what? If I said Jameer Nelson, that's probably why because I, it felt like I was watching 2009 Orlando Magic. Uh, Jameer <laughs> Nelson just destroyed the Hawks because he was he just dominated Trey Young and and with Alex Lynn's inability to really step out and you know. Because the Hawks did have some success trapping DJ Augustine uh, up the floor, but Alex Lynn is just way too slow to be doing that. And then at the same time, Alex Lynn is just not – he just doesn't have the athleticism to really bother Vucevic. Uh, so, he, like, Nikola can just get whatever he wants against him. It's not like anybody on the Hawks can really stop Nikola Vucevic. Nobody has ever stopped that man. Uh, not even Al Horford or Paul Millsap could stop him. So not really that much of a surprise that, you know, I to me it felt like the Hawks' only, like, only semi-chance was maybe having John Collins guard him just due to being uh, quicker and more athletic. But What about when Dwight Howard guarded him? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, but, um, no, nah, I mean, Vooch, Vooch has dominated. Like, Vooch in his career has just dominated the Hawks. Like, it, it doesn't matter who he's going up against. Uh, and then, you know, it's cute watching Justin Anderson talk trash to Terrence Ross and then proceed to give up, like, three straight open threes <laughs> to the man. So I was like, all right, you know what? It's just one of those games. Hawks really only had six and a half NBA basketball players. Uh, you know, every, you know, no Dwayne Devin, no Kim Bazemore. They couldn't really switch up what, what they what they could do defensively, so. If the primary, if the starters couldn't get it done, the Hawks were kind of boned, and that starting lineup in particular was just a really bad matchup. That's fair. Um, and you know, and then on offense, you you can see like there's just no space for John Collins. Uh, Justin Anderson, though, I, I like what he's done. You know, he's just not the same caliber shooter that Herder is. Uh, and the Magic have both the size and length and athleticism to really bother Collins around the rim. You know, John's jumper wasn't going down. And, you know, that was basically all she wrote. Uh, Hawks can get easy looks on offense. And then on the other end, they, they, they really didn't have the personnel to stop what the Magic were trying to do. 
Speaking of so uh, like, six and a half basketball players, we need to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, some of these other teams in the East before the playoffs start. So, so maybe later this week we get to do that? Sure. A preview, playoff preview? Yeah, Eastern Conference playoff preview sometime later this week, Thursday, Friday, something like that. Sounds good to me. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, we are recording, as we mentioned, with the Braves winning on Sunday afternoon. So this is uh, late afternoon before the game tonight with the Hawks. So we know that Trey Young and John Collins are resting. Any Any particular thoughts there? Um, the Hawks are, you know, Hawks brass are doing their job. Uh, it's just, it's just a, it's just what you, what you have to do. You know, the Hawks aren't playing for anything. Um, it does sound like John Collins might be a bit nicked up. So I I believe, you know, based on just the way he looks after games these days, he's been uh, icing pretty heavily. Yeah, so like I, I see no problem with them uh, sitting him, and then you know there's really no value of Trey Young playing all 82 basketball games. Um, it's like the days of basketball players doing that is long past. Like it's just the the Hawks on the one hand have done a great job of managing his minutes throughout the season. Right. On the other, like you know, the Hawks need to secure the fifth worst record in the NBA. Why bother? You know, trying to go up against the best team in the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks on the road, like why not just rest those two guys? They've been they've been killing it all season for us. You know, we there's, there's nothing new this in this one game that we're going to see from either of these guys. And and like I said, John Collins might be a, might be legitimately dinged up a bit, so why not you know sit Trey Young as well? No need to have Trey Young you know just do it by himself especially with, you know, possibly hurt or being hurt out as well. That's fair. It was a, I was a little bit surprised by Trey Young just because he said he wanted to play all 82, but he would probably struggle if Collins isn't playing, so that makes sense. It's just the other yeah, thing I is mean, that there's two days off, too. That's a little bit weird. Like, are they going to practice? Like, what, what, what do you do Monday, Tuesday? You just kind of show up Wednesday and close the deal out. I don't know. It's just... It'll, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, again, like, the Hawks do need to secure the fact that they, at the end of the season, they're going to finish with better lottery odds than the Dallas Mavericks. Like, right. Um, Travis Lank, like this, you could I could interpret all this as being a Travis Lank decision, especially starting with, you know, sitting John Collins to get the Spurs on the first night of a back-to-back. Um for load management, that's that's when you know you, you kind of got the idea that the Hawks were gonna gonna throttle it down a bit to the end of the season. They're, they don't have a chance to make playoffs. You know, these games in the grand scheme of things don't matter. We, we see what what these young guys need to work on, and now it's just trying to get them healthy and into the off season. Sounds good. Uh... I guess that this could be today the final game for Deontay Davis unless they sign him to a rest of the season contract. Any thoughts on Davis? Uh, to me, he's been a bit of a disappointment. He was better, uh, you know, when he was in Memphis. Like, he just doesn't, to me, he just doesn't look to be in NBA-ready shape. Um, 
plays with his hands down too often, doesn't make plays on balls, doesn't doesn't he's just he's just kind of out there, not really having a real impact on the game. That's he's been like to me, he's been quietly a disappointment because he's a much more talented basketball player than this. Uh, on the other hand, he is super young. So I could see the Hawks, you know, just giving him another flyer um, in summer league just for why not. But, you know, like I said before, the Hawks don't really need a center. So for him, like as an individual, it's probably been, it's been pretty disappointing his level of play uh, just due to the fact that, you know, he's not just playing for the Hawks. He's got, he's also trying to, you know, audition for 29 other basketball teams and, you know the the tape doesn't lie about how like how poorly he's been playing. It, it's it just quite frankly it just hasn't been good enough. Um, and you know it's it's been really super super disappointing just due to to how talented he is overall as a basketball player. Yeah, I'd be interested in giving him a flyer for summer league if if that could work out. Uh, it's a little disappointing that like. He really can't shoot. Uh, so you have to be better at all the other things if you can't shoot. And I'm not, you know, I think he's probably not. <laughs> I mean, he's not like, he's just like flat out, he's not as explosive as he was even last season. Uh, like the explosion in his all around game just isn't there at the moment. My, my but, reference you know, point but, was watching him in Summer League and. I think he was less, much less explosive there than he was now. Maybe he was coming back from an injury or something, but yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I miss you say he was a high level athlete, and then even you know his first year or so in Memphis, he he showed some positive things, but you know he's a young guy playing on a veteran team, couldn't really get minutes. So watching him now, it's kind of like, like to me, I'm it's like I'm watching a, a different basketball player, but. You know, like I said before, he still got he still got the measurables and the talent. Um, so maybe you get him in the Hawks program. You know, work some Hawks development magic on him. Try to get him, try to get him into some positive habits, some positive reinforcements, and maybe he he can uh, show out what he can do in summer league for the Hawks if that's what they want to do. Uh, but uh, to me, like. I mean, sure, I'd, I'd give him a flyer on the summer league team, but if coming next season, I I doubt he would be on the Hawks. So no, yeah, yeah. And Isaac Humphreys, uh, just not athletic enough. Um, you know, he, you can see that he you know means well. He kind of gets in the right place. You know, he tries hard, but you know that the athleticism just isn't there. And he's had trouble it, finishing around the rim. Yeah, so, but that's something that can be improved on. It's just that, you know, again, like the Hawks, they're they're good at on bigs. Um, you know what they what they need is to see, and what they need to see from a Humphreys is a you know a more be a better knockdown shooter and and be more physical on the defensive end. But you know, overall, it's just. You know, it's just one of those things where he's just not on the level currently. Doesn't mean he can't get there uh, and be an NBA prospect. And again, he's another guy who, you know, for a summer league team, sure, why not? He's been in the G League system for the Hawks. 
this entire season. So, you know, you roll over and see what he can do during summer league and, you know, maybe he gets a training camp invite or something like that. But uh, it, it's not to say he's been disappointed. He, you know, he, it, like just currently he's just not, not ready. Fair enough. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Amari Spellman, who you would send to summer league and who you would leave home? Maybe leave home is too strong a word because, like, I think, let's take say for Trey Young, for example, if he doesn't play in summer league, I still think you want him there in Vegas for, like, practices and stuff. Yeah, I would imagine Trey Young's probably going to be with the summer league team. I, I see no benefit of him playing right in summer league because um, you kind of see what he is as an NBA player already now, and he's gotten plenty of minutes. Kevin Herter, uh, maybe he gets a couple games similar to what John Collins did last season just because I would like to see uh, Kevin Herter have the ball in his hands more. Exactly. Um, you know, play yes, play uh, play a bit of point guard, uh, you know, get his confidence up as a, more than a, as a score. Give him like 20 uh, minutes a game. Well, these are 40-minute uh, games, right? Yeah, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, only for a couple games. Like, I – yeah, yeah, for like two games. Or there's something. not, there's, there's, there, even for Herter, there's, there's only so much value he can take from the summer league. Like to me, it's more important that he work on his body um, and get stronger and uh, really play with more physicality on both ends of the floor. So, you know, you know, you throw him out for a couple games, and then you know, you just you, you have him be a coach on the sidelines for the rest because. Again, he's another guy, like, he's played a ton of minutes this season. Uh, Summer League really isn't for guys who are kind of proven like he is. He's already shown to be a, a, you know, a pretty good catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, And he's got, you know, he's got some tools as a ball handler. And really, really that's the only reason why I throw him out there, just to see – you know, just to see what he can do with the ball being the primary initiator. Because, you know, he's had some stretches where, where the Hawks have had him do that to end this season. And, to, you know, mixed results. A lot a lot of his problems as an primary ball hunter is that uh, he shies away from contact too often going towards So do you tell him, like, going into summer league, hey, we, we want you to get to the free throw line six times a game or something like that? Um, I don't I don't know Getting if you can tell a guy to do that. I think you just... I mean, like I don't I don't know what telling him hey get to the free throw line for a guy who has like even in college he wasn't a high free throw rate individual so I don't know I don't know what telling him is going to do I would just I would just have have him have the ball in his hands and hope it comes natural like I don't I don't like like try to I don't know if you can force him to to um, finish at the rim the way you would like for somebody with his ball skills to do so. Cause really you see the problem too often. He does beat his man, but then he, he doesn't um, accept the contact and try to go through it. He, he tries to go around it with his floaters and stuff. So, um, you know, that's, that's something, that's something he's got to work on over the off season and really improve as a, you know, a one, a one foot leaper, all that, all technical good stuff that, 
that, you know, maybe he can show it out a bit for summer league. But again, he's not somebody who, who should be playing every game in summer league. You know, I, I'd, I'd have him even play less than what John Collins did last season, last season at summer league. And I felt like on the only reason John Collins played so many, so many games and minutes uh, for the Hawks uh, last year was due to, you know, Trey Young needed, needing somebody to throw the ball to uh, during that, during that, those stretch of games. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, Spellman, yeah, absolutely. He's going to play every game. Hopefully, you know, he continues to do what he needs to do in terms of his body. Uh, he can, you know, come back because, again, he's super – like, he showed out to be a better athlete uh, than what people think. But, you know, he can't – if if he's, you know, 270-plus again, uh, you know, the start next season, like, it's just, it's just not going to be unlocked. Like, he, he's got to be – he's got to be more svelte. He's got to be quicker, more athletic than what he showed this season. Um so hopefully he can show some progress during summer league and then continue that forward to the season. Yeah, and for Spellman, Pierce has already said that he's asking Spellman to come to summer league. So that one's that one makes sense, and it's one that we already kind of know the answer to. And I've asked Pierce at other times about other players, and he just kind of punted. So, but but Spellman is the one we know. And yeah, Herder, I, I, I agree with you. Just kind of playing part of the time, but I would. I would put the ball in his hands almost exclusively because that's the one place where he really has to learn. Like he already, he already knows enough of the other stuff and I just want to see him finishing towards the basket instead of away from it. And I love his game. Like I, I very much enjoy the way that he drives and patiently he'll, he'll just go to back to the basket game. Like, and he doesn't rush it. He's just so freaking patient with it. It's really beautiful. But at the same time, you know, when he doesn't stop and when he doesn't go back to the basket, when he just tries to finish around the rim straight up, it's on those plays where he really struggles. Yeah, but like even even what you're saying when when he's being patient, like to me, what he's doing is he's he's trying to get a cleaner look from floater range, and which is you know fine. But you know, he's got a great – he really does have a great handle. He's, he's a good NBA athlete. Uh, he should be able to get to the rim, uh, and he just doesn't. Like, he just – too often he, he settles for those floaters, and those are just not high-percentage shots, and you'll never get fouled taking that type of look compared to, you know, if you do what Trey Young does, which is – you know, right. take on the contact and try to finish through it. Like he, there's, there's just, there's been very small sample sizes of him actually trying to even do that. Right. Absolutely. And that's the issue. Like, um, you know, if he wants to be like, like ultimately, if he doesn't want to be so dependent on his jumper to be an efficient basketball player, uh, he has to get to the rim. He's got, he's got to be able, he's got to get to the rim more often. He's got to finish through contact and he's got to get to the free throw line. So he does those things. It's always like Kevin Hurd's value is just going to be as a catch shoot three point guy, even though he has other skills as a basketball player. That's right. Um, so yeah, he's only gotten fifty six free throw attempts on the season, which is low for someone so me. Like yeah. yeah. So if you look at the rookies, I mean, 
there are 21 rookies that have taken more free throws than him, and, and so many of them have played fewer minutes than him too. It's it's not great. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like and he's still you know, he's Hawks, so young and he's got time to develop it. Though. Yeah, and he's yeah. got tools. Um, and again, uh, he like you know, if he can work on his body, something he wasn't able to do during his rookie off season. Uh, you know, maybe get with Trey on trying to figure out what he's doing <laughs> uh, to get stronger. Uh, so, yeah, you like that, the Trey really flex? Uh, I don't know. I don't know all about that. He he likes to flex. Um, I don't know what he's flexing, but you know, he's got he's got a little muscular. He's got he a little stronger. He looks older um, too. I mean, just like compared to what he looked like nine months ago, just. Forget the physique, just like he's a he's a baby kid and he's just <laughs> I mean he's going through late stage puberty essentially, right? He's just kind of growing up. Yeah, it's also probably the stress of being an NBA player got to him. You know, it's a it's a different world than, you know, being being the man in college trying to carry that over to the NBA. And there are some grown ups. Especially considering the uh <laughs> the early season struggles he's had, but, uh, you know, overall it's been fun to watch, you know, all these guys, uh, their development during the season. Um, and like, I, I wouldn't want to like, again, I'll reiterate, reiterate. I don't want to see a second of Trey young. And I, like, I hear you. It, and maybe I'm convincing myself. That I actually don't want to see Kevin Herter in summer league. Maybe it'll depend on who they draft. Um, uh-huh. Um, just because, like, just because even if he does have the ball in his hands, like, it's not going to, I mean, the type of basketball players he's going up against in the summer league and the type, like, summer league is just a different game. Sure. Uh, than the NBA because the shooting just isn't as high, like, the shooting. Is but the Hawks, just not, like, he should be out, I mean, knock on wood, like, the Hawks should have two stud picks up there with him, which I mean, should help offensively. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, it's not like the value. The value added is in play. Like there's no, there's nothing he's gonna do in summer league that's gonna convince me that you know he's gonna be able to finish. He's going to want to initiate contact during the actual NBA game. Like there's just okay. Like he, I mean, he's shown so. Like you, you see, you see his strengths and weaknesses as an NBA player right now. Um, and he's gotten a ton of, like, he's played a ton of minutes. Uh, so, like, I, like, I, I'd say I'd maybe have him play a game. If that, you know, do what, I think De'Aaron Fox only played, like, two games or so in summer league, or, you know, maybe do something like, like that, just due to the fact that he's, he's already played so much and he's already been in a high level role. It's not like the ball isn't in his hand a lot. Right. Um, and the Hawks, like the Hawks, do put the ball, like they do put them in playmaking roles. Um, heck, during the Sixers game, uh, for the uh, clinching three pointer for Trey Young, that was Kevin Herter running the show uh, to get uh, Trey Young that open, um, you know, that open catch and shoot three. Uh, you know, that's that's something he did as a basketball player. So, and he runs, you know, he runs pick and roll every game, uh, plenty of possessions, uh, and he. You know, he has, like I say, he has the ball in his hands. Like, you see him, you see what he needs to work on as a basketball player. It's not like, 
it's not like if he if he comes in the summer league, like he's going to be in an entirely different role. Um, like it, it's going to be similar to what what we already see now. So, like to me, it'd just be like what, what's the what's really the cost? What's really the cost benefit? And, analysts you got to do as a GM, as a coach, to seeing Kevin Herter go up against guys who play alongside guys he's not going to play alongside with on, um, you know, as teammates and then go up against lesser um, basketball talents on the other end. Like, it's just, you know, it, it's a decision they're going to have to make. But, you know, like to me, I, I'd lean on the – I'd lean on a, you know, if you're going to play him, play him – playing maybe a game, maybe two, um, but, you know, definitely don't play him as much as you did John Collins uh, during the previous summer league because, like, to me, Herder doesn't have anything to prove to, you know, G League level talents. He, he's got to prove it at, you know, on the NBA floor next season. And, you know, the stuff he has to work on really isn't skill-based. It's more he's got to get stronger and he's got to get, you know, play with more physicality and – I don't know if he'll get what he needs to get uh, during summer league season. I, I push back a little bit because you said, for one thing, you said you know, he's not going to be playing with teammates that he's going to play with during the season. The, the Hawks got five picks, and Amari Spellman's yeah, going to be there. But but, but and Alpha Kaba. Yeah, but Kevin, how many how many of those guys are going to be on the floor next season? Like he's not playing with Trey Young or John Collins, right. so it's like he he plays most of his minutes with those two guys. Um, like Alex Lynn's not going to be there. Uh, Ken Bazemore's not going to be there. Torian Prince's not going to be there. Uh, you know this roster. You know it might it might be different than what it is is now going into next season, but I can assure you, the rookies in the first year, second year guys that are going to be on the summer league roster. Maybe one, maybe one uh, will be a regular rotation player next season. What? Uh, oh. if, if that. Maybe uh, one. Kevin, this draft is like, uh, this draft is bad. Uh, outside of the oh. first two picks in this draft. Do you do you want me to edit this for you later so we can take this out so you don't you don't embarrass yourself too bad. <clears throat> How am I embarrassing myself, Kevin? This draft is not good. Like none of these, none of these rookies are ready to play for you know a team that, like I, I said in a previous podcast, you know Trey Young, Trey Young and John Collins are ready to win now. Okay. I don't know how much of those young guys, you know, depending on who they draft and what position they play, like how many minutes they're gonna going to get. Like it's, you know, this offseason is going to be interesting to see what the Hawks are actually going to be doing. So. But, you know, that's all beside the point. My larger point is that, you know, Herder, like Herder on a summer league, summer league roster playing mostly with guys who who just aren't going to be his teammates. Like the, the value to me just probably isn't there. Okay. Uh, is is the John Collins rim protector thing real? I mean, it was real, it was real last season. It was odd that it wasn't there this season. Uh, until now, uh, like to me, it feels like you know when Trey Young was struggling, they really couldn't afford John Collins getting foul trouble. So maybe they told him, or maybe he told himself not to play with the level of physicality that he needed to. Uh, but now he's challenging shots, and he looks like the best. Like he looks like the def- now he looks like 
um, you know, the, the complete basketball player that uh, I thought he, that he can possibly be. Um, you know, he's got like he's got a, you know, he's got the high motor. He's, he's very athletic, and he's got the quick first first and second jump. So there's really no reason why he sh- he wasn't challenging more shots outside of you know not wanting to get in foul trouble, but. Really, you can see it since the All-Star break. He plays with a lot more physicality. physicality like, he's taking it to the offensive player and, instead of just being passive. Uh, you know, he's going after balls. And that, that's, been, that's been great to see for him because, you know, the Hawks need, the Hawks need him to be good defensively. Oh, um, sure. He's, uh, he's still, like, you know, now, like, before this stretch – you know, him not getting steals or blocks was just so bizarre. Like, it, I mean, there, like, it wasn't better or worse than what he was last season. I felt like maybe he prioritized getting defensive rebounds over challenging shots. But even still, like, it, like it was abysmal how many – the lack of blocks and steals he was getting. But, you know, now, to me, this looks like the basketball player that he was, you know, last season playing for Budenholz and when – you know, Bud basically had him playing center, but except, you know, now Collins is playing power forward and he's really going after it. So, you know, maybe he, he's made some mental adjustments of where to help, when to help, and all that good stuff. It it also helps that he's playing more center to end this season. Um, that, that's put him in position to challenge shots around the rim. But, you know, we both watched, you know, watching the Philly game, you know, he was incredible. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris wanted no part of, part of him. Um, at the end of that game, uh, just due to how he embarrassed him a couple times, and so like he's really getting after it, going after chase down blocks, uh, you know, just being a force defensively, and that's something that the Hawks really need uh, going forward. All right. Well, now for the fun part, because in talking about Kevin Herter and what you want out of him, and summer league, it's talking about what he needs to improve at, and. I think we cover that stuff very fairly well, but in talking about what he's good at, do you think that he has been one of the ten best rookies? I.e., should he make one of the all rookie teams? Should is complicated. Um, <laughs> I think he, I think he has a he has a case to make it. Right. Um, I think um, outside the top five guys is just. Wait, wait, we all know you got to help first. me. No, I don't. I don't. Like, you might put Colin Sexton in, and I would at least, I don't know. I, let, let's enumerate. So, uh, Trey Young, he's in, right? Yep. Luka Doncic, he's in? Yep. All right. If you were, if you were going to go. Bagley, Marvin Aiden, Bagley. DeAndre Aiden. Yes. And they, Jaron Jackson are probably all going to be on the all-rookie first team. Okay. I don't, really I don't know if they're all going to be first team, but I think they will. All five of those will make a team. Sure, sure. Okay, so that's that's five. Okay, so that that was the five you were you were going with then. Um, for the first team, or you know, just whoever got locks to the make all locks to teams. make one of the teams. So the but an award an award. I have to admit, I care even less about than the rookie of the year award. But we can continue. <laughs> Fun discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you know when you're talking about Kevin Herter in summer league, it's like John Collins last year made. I I had actually forgotten that John Collins was second team All Rookie last year. Like, I mean, it's good that he made it and all that, but like 
it's not something that left any kind of dramatic impact on my life and I have to think about the Hawks every single day and that just kind of came and went with no lasting impact. Yeah, but he, he did win that award and he did go to summer league. Mm-hmm. All right, so so there you've got five. So if you started to try to tick off some more names to get to six, seven, and eight, who would you go with? I I, I who think, do you think Shea, go with? I think Shea Gilders Alexander and Colin Sexton are both locks, especially with how well Colin Sexton has finished the season playing alongside Kevin Love. Uh, you know, he's just been a much better basketball player. Um, for this stretch, like this right. two-month stretch, he was pretty bad. Uh, but now, you know, you can see the talent, and he's playing like somebody who deserved to be a lottery pick. And to me, uh, I think, you know, he, he deserves to be on the on a rookie team. Shea, uh, you know, he's been he's been solid all season for a playoff team. You know, I mean, he's starting for a playoff team, so he's probably going to be on it. You know, then outside of that, then there's Mitchell Robinson, who's just been a terror, um, blocking everything and then finishing everything on the other end. And he's also improved his free throw shooting as the season gone on, so that's been great development for him. So I think, I think uh, there are eight locks, and then it, there might be two open spots and guys who could, you know, who all have a case. You got Landry Shamit, you got Kevin Herter, you got Josh Koji, you got. Uh, um, Miles Bridges, you know, there's there's a there's a plethora of guys who all more or less played played around the same level uh, right. to me. So, you know, Herder Herder can make a claim for it. I don't know if he will get it. Just, I think he's just going to come like at like at this stage. I, I imagine voters are just looking at points or who plays for a playoff better basketball team. So. I think Landry Shamit is almost certainly going to get it just due to the fact that he starts for the Clippers, even though, um, you know, if you look at his numbers, like he and Herder are kind of similar. Yeah, I think Shamit's going to end up, I don't know, yeah. I would put Shamit on it. The Sixers are going to miss yeah. him. Um, I don't know. The Sixers don't need a, a, another J.J. Reddick. They need, they need wings who could, defend and make an open three-pointer. Really glad they traded Mike, you know, Justin Anderson to to have Mike Muscala on their team. That was, uh, I still don't know why they did that. And, and so they, they kind of, they're kind of in a wing deficit on over there. They're, they're trying, they're trying to find somebody to give them something. But uh, that, I think that's the discussion for another, for the next pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't take you too far afield. Um, so, you know, so if so we, it, it, if we gonna, put Shamit in at nine, does, is he going to, do you think Kevin Herter will be Alonzo Trier? Do you think he'll be? Oh yeah, be... Alonzo Trier. No, he's not going to be Alonzo Trier. Oh, it's a wrap. No way. He's, Why? He plays for the Knicks. He yeah, plays but, for the Knicks. But, but Mitchell, Knicks. Mitchell Robinson could be the token. Uh, we have to give New York a bone. So add um, a Nick. you can always give more than one bone. Play for the Knicks, like, uh, I mean, play for the. If you play for a team that these voters actually see every game, or you know, see more often, or see their name printed more often, then they'll probably get in. Uh, would I have Alonso Trian? Uh, maybe. You know, he's been pretty solid for his role. 
I think Kevin Herter is objectionably better, but um, if they put three Knicks you know, on, I lose it. Like I will be upset. They if might, it's like if they know. if they go Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson. Kevin Knox has been really bad, but I could totally see him make the second oh, team. Oh, um, If we're talking about who I who I would put on there, I'd right. have those top eight we talked about. Right. Um. Uh, then I think I'll have Miles Bridges just due to the fact that of all the guys we discussed, he's probably the best two way basketball player, um, slightly ahead of Akoji and Herter. Though I think Herder's impact on winning is probably bigger than he'll get credit for just due yes. to his shooting. Yes. But as an individual basketball player, you know, it's hard to make the claim that he's better than Bridges at the moment. But I, I, I like to me, um, it'd be Miles Bridges and then, you know, toss a coin between Herder and Akoji, who's been really good uh, as a defender. He just can't make a shot, uh, unfortunately. But you know, no, I, I really like the physicality he plays with oh, sure. on the defensive end. Um, yeah. So, you know, really, really just what you prefer as a basketball player. I guess I'd, I'd put Herter on there, uh, but I wouldn't freely admit that I'm biased, even though uh, I'm biased just due to the fact I watch Herter, you know, every game. And, you know, you really do see the impact he has on the Hawks' spacing. Uh, he's really, like, you know, a, a big reason why Trey Young played better I started to play better was Collins coming back, but I think another reason was Lloyd Pierce just uh, plugging Herder into the starting lineup oh, over Baysmore. Like his um, you know, his record as a starter versus his record or the Hawks record when Herder starts versus the Hawks record when Herder doesn't start, like either doesn't play or doesn't start. It's like ridiculous how 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 different those two are. Like they're close yeah, to five hundred when he starts, and then they win like a quarter of the games when he doesn't start. They they need his shooting out there on the floor. They do. We, you know, it was it was severely missed uh, against the Magic. You yep. know, it doesn't go it doesn't go in as often as you think, but that that has less to do with him and more to do with the quality of shots that he's taking. Like, uh, you know, he he has to take tougher shots range. because they pay yeah, attention to, to him. Yeah, and he, and he takes them from range too. Like you oh, yeah. have to guard them from thirty plus feet out. So, yep. and and that that gets back to our discussion where if Herder can leverage that fact and really get better at finishing around the rim, you know, he he'll unlock you know the entirety of his offensive profile, which is you know borderline all star. You know, the Bradley Beal uh, comparisons would would make would really show out if he if he were able to do that, but and. Again, he he's got he's got the athleticism for it. Now he's just got to work on his body, work on it, work on getting stronger. And that you know that comes with age, um, and that just you know comes with age and better better nutrition habits for him. But um, going back to the all rookie team, yeah, I can I I would have Herder on that second team, but you know I'm I'm just warning Hawks fans out there who care about this <laughs> you know meaningless. Some meaningless <laughs> acknowledgement from voters that don't watch any of these rookies on bad basketball teams. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, a, a lot of guys and a lot of rookies make. There's ten of these guys. There's probably, but to me, if you if you were to ask me honestly, I would just cut the. Like I, I wouldn't have either Herder or Bridges on this. Like I would just have those um, eight guys we talk about just to do their 
their impact as individual players as well as their impact on the team. Wait, you would cut the whole list just down to eight players and not even award nine and ten? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, it's not that they've been bad, but to me, there's a difference. Like, I think there's a line of – there's a line of delineation. Delineation. I can't say it. Yeah, there we go. This is like having um, Trump on between, the podcast. Sorry, I'm super thirsty, and I couldn't I couldn't roll it like I wanted to, so I had to I had to push through. But um, yeah, there's there's that clear line between you know, uh, Miss Robinson, Colin Sexton, and uh, Shay Gildress Alexander compared to you know nine and ten who are guys who have more or less been strictly role players. Miss Robinson has been an elite role player. Um, but you know, cause he's been really good in his role as a rim protector, as a rebounder and as a finisher around the rim. Uh, so that's why he, he'd be on there. The, the other guys, the other rookies have more or less been role players, guys who really benefit on the, their team and their situation. Um, so then you're, you're basically choosing who, who's the best, who, who's the best role playing rookie out of these guys. So, um, uh, to me, like, you know, when, when you're doing stuff like that, you, you open yourself up to having anybody on the list. Um, so I could really see, like, to me, like, I, I wouldn't be too upset if Kevin Herter doesn't make it. Um, you know, even if, even if, you know, some bad Knicks players make it ahead of him, who I think, uh, who, you know, basketball players who I think Herter is better than and has had a better season, like, I wouldn't be too upset because it's not like, Herder's been absolutely dominant or absolutely killing it. Like these other eight guys that we talked about before who, you know, as rookies have shown out and have proved throughout the season. Do we have to say anything about Colin Sexton's passing? I think you've been too kind to him. I mean, yeah, it's not great. Um, (laughs) But he's been, I mean, he's been good. Like he's been good as a scorer. Yeah, he's good as a scorer. You know, that's a bad Cavaliers team. They need him to be in that role, and, you know, he's young. It's not like he can always get better. Um, For sure. You know, he got the Zach Lowe seal of approval, and, you know, as, you know, a rookie, a young basketball player to look out for going forward. So, to me, once you get that tag and you kind of, like, he's shooting, what, like 40% on threes on – in my high volume, like he's, yeah. been, he's been solid. So like I, I, I have no problem putting him on like put him as a, a lock. And then, you know, with Shea, again, he's a starting for a playoff team. Yeah, he's good. Uh, <clears throat> he he's just, you know, a solid basketball player. He just is, yeah. He's probably a bit more like to me he's probably a bit more overrated his ceiling, but currently as a as a, what the Clippers have, have need him to do, he's been excelling in that role. Yep, and then again, Mitchell Robinson's just you know historic block rate, um, and you know he finishes everything around the rim, and you really don't you know yeah, there's nothing more much more you'd want from uh, someone of Mitchell Robinson's talent. So it's been good to see as well. Sounds good. Did we leave anything off? Is that uh, uh, I think- anything else you want to talk about relative to the Hawks? Uh, hopefully, you know, they secure that fifth seed. They don't 
have a surprise like when people listen to this podcast hopefully they don't have another surprise win against the Bucks. <laughs> um we'll see <laughs> but uh you know hopefully they secure the fifth worst lottery odds and you know whenever the that man the lottery is going to be a mess of a day Oof. i already told brad i already told brad i'm not going to be on the internet like i'm i'm gonna be somewhere uh but I'm not going to have my phone with me or I'm going to have it on airplane mode or something just so until the, till the process is over. Cause that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a nightmare. There there are some scenarios where Hawks fans are going to be super elated. And then there are going to be some some scenarios where, um, where it's going to be rough uh, for (laughs) for us Hawks fans. So you love the drama though. Don't act like you don't love the drama. I don't. I don't like this drama where you don't really have control over the outcome. Like okay. it kind of sucks. Uh, but you know that's these are the rules, and you know I wouldn't be this stressed out over it. I, like the reason why everybody's going to be stressed out over it because you know the player Zion Williamson is absolutely a generational talent. Like, I mean, a team that's going to get him like. That's just going to be such a boon for a franchise. That's going to make a like just from a fan perspective, like that's just going to boost interest in whatever team he plays on. Like he's a, he's going to be a day one superstar. Uh, he already is without you know having to play a game in the NBA. And so you know whoever gets him, whoever gets him as a franchise is going to be super lucky. And let's just say if the Mavs get him, whoo, 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 it's going to be unbearable on this on a on the Twitter and Reddit. So uh, hopefully that doesn't come to pass, but emergency podcast. Don't, don't, don't put your, don't put your phone on uh, airplay. Um, airplane mode. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be away. I'm going to go on. Oh uh, man. Sabbatical. Damn. I'm going to go on a sabbatical if that happens, but dogs do get them. Woo. Be acting a fool. So we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. No problem, Ken. Have a good one.